Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Welcome inside Lecom Harbor Center as development camp continues after a day off for the 4th. Hope you had a great holiday with Marty. I'm Brian. And Marty, we are hours away from a three-on-three tournament yes. to culminate this year's development camp. But I would suggest that maybe at this point in time, the highlight of the camp for the entirety of the group was probably attending the Bisons game on the 3rd and going to Niagara Falls yesterday. Like, as someone who tries to prop up this city at every turn, I can't tell you how happy I was to have seen the skies clear. Oh. A perfect, perfect night for baseball and everything that came with their Independence Day night at the ballpark. Not to mention the Bisons were cooking from the outset and just, you know, roared to victory. Last year, last night was Gorgeous uh, yesterday, pardon me, in the falls, absolutely perfect. We hear about this often. It's an orientation camp, not an evaluation camp. These are the perfect little takeaways, I think, for these guys. I mean, you can't, I, script, I, you can't script it any you better. You can't it's script awesome. it any better. And, and to be honest with you, you remember the on-ice portion, what you learn on the ice, yeah. the coaches, the interaction, the drills that you do. But you remember a lot more about the off-ice. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I remember going to the – it was called an evaluation camp for Team Canada at the World Juniors, yeah. the summertime. Yeah. And I remember one year we went to Montreal. I'm 18. So we're looking at 1995, the summer of 95, uh, or maybe that – no, the summer of 96, right? I wasn't, I wasn't 19 yet. So summer of 96, we go to Montreal for summer evaluation camp. And we went on those jet boats that go down the rapids in oh, Montreal yeah, yeah, yeah. and get, it, get, get us all soaked, right? And when these prospects were going to go to do the same thing in Niagara Falls, that's the first thing I thought about. Mm -hmm. I remember doing this with Christian Laflamme and Jean-Yves LaRue and, and Jose Theodore and Mark Denny and those guys from Quebec. But we were all in the same boat and we got soaked. Literally. Right? Literally. <laughs> we were all in the same boat. And we got soaked and it was a lot of fun. So I'm thinking of that. When you talk about the Bisons game, I remember coming here in the summertime in Buffalo and working out for an extended period of time, six weeks, two months, right? We would come in June and July mm -hmm. and work out under the supervision of then conditioning coach Doug, Doug McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. And we'd all stay in these little apartments that were like, man, we, we were in all different apartments, but we could hear what everybody was doing because the walls were, were thin. So, but I remember going to the Bisons game. Yeah. And I remember Roman Endur, yeah. because he was a prospect at the time, wanting to play a game where every time somebody hit a home run, we were going to chug our drinks. But we weren't allowed to drink alcohol, so what did we do? Oh, no. We got Pepsi or Coke or whatever it was, and we drank, basically chugged the soda oh. for every home run. 11 home run that, that game. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, it was like it was like fifteen to, to nine. And to you've score. never recovered. You've been addicted I to still, soda I ever since. Still remember <laughs> the game, right? So when you talk about the the Bison's oh. on on uh, on the fort last night, having on the third, I should say, having such a great a grand night. I'm mm -hmm. like, I wonder if the guys played a, a soda chugging game for every home run there was in that game. Well, I mean, the the cool thing, I mean, we were behind the scenes leading up to it, and we knew that they were going to the Bisons game we had a little panel discussion with all the prospects on Monday afternoon 
And, you know, it was Razor and Jeff Skinner, uh, Danny Gare, yourself, and, uh, yeah. you know, for some reason I was there. And they all got, uh, on the way out, they all got these really slick Bison's caps to which wear for the game. I almost grabbed one. Which was awesome in itself, right? Like, that's a nice little attention to detail, get the guys ready for the night. But the whole part of the experience that we had with them was basically an hour of just trying to relate to them what being a pro and being a pro in Buffalo and being a pro at the game and in life as a community member can be for these guys as they make their way into their pro career. And I, I thought it was pretty well received. I mean, I, you have to keep in mind how many of the guys don't have English as their primary yes. language. Um, but I thought, you know, like a very, very simple little thing. And it's no surprise that Danny did it. He quickly asked, he's like, how many of you guys from British Columbia? Because he's so proud of his hometown and his home province, right? So what does he do? Make sure to get a picture with all of them after to put it on Instagram. Like, I don't know how much in the moment they will cherish and understand. I mean, I tried to statistically present Danny's greatness in the context of this organization. But I love that as a takeaway, though, because Danny is still to this day excited about every player that walks through the door. And I hope that the, when the kids leave here, and we can call them kids, feel the same way about, wow, this is really something to keep looking for. I, I know that's obvious, but I like the extra little layers they're getting here at development. And you know who oh. was a superstar in that conference, other than you, Duffer, because you were a superstar, was Jeff Skinner. Mm-hmm. I thought Jeff was fantastic. And when... He said something during the conference. And the kids that are sitting there are watching Jeff Skinner and they're saying, wow, like, here's a goal scorer. Here's a guy that's been in the league a while. Uh, He's got a big contract. Like, all things that you want to aspire to do, right? Have success. Now, yes, Jeff wants to have team success and get in the playoffs and win a cup. But, you know, as individuals, you look at Jeff Skinner and say, that's a successful hockey player Mm -hmm. that has done some great things. And then Jeff Skinner says, well, I don't have the statistics that this guy does, pointing to Danny Gare. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a kid in the, in, the, in the crowd, you're 19, 20, 21 years old, and you've been watching Jeff Skinner for the last 10 years, and you say, this guy says Danny Gare is legit, I'm listening to Danny Gare. Because Jeff Skinner just said that. And when Jeff Skinner says, Rob Ray, he's legit, because you should see how people react to robbery around town and all the great work and the charity work that he does. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. Like I thought Jeff was fantastic to, to yes, give a little bit of himself, but also kind of put the other people there and say, like, this, these are people you need to listen to. And that's the culture and the understanding of the organization that I don't think was there five years ago that is there now. And we've seen that last two years with RJ Knight and Ryan Miller Knight and all of that. It's, it's incredible. It's been quite a year for Jeff, hasn't it, from a personal standpoint? Like putting himself out there. Yes. You know, to have the courage to do the video series, entirely driven by his mind. Yes. But then even to be here for something like development camp. Like two, three years ago, we're not necessarily picking a current Sabre to talk to the panel that would be Jeff Skinner. Nope. And admittedly, I... He's not still the most comfortable, and I know this full well so I can relate to it. He's not the most comfortable in a public setting. 
But you're right. Amidst amidst all of that, which actually I think can maybe even make him more endearing because a lot of kids that were sitting there listening to him probably aren't super comfortable asking questions mm-hmm. or whatever. They're just quiet by nature. I think it's I think his place organizationally but publicly and privately has has changed quite a bit and I'm proud of Jeff for that. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's easy to carry a lot of what Jeff has had to carry here. Um, and you mentioned the absence of playoffs still at this stage of his career, right? So it's kind of one more thing hanging out there that if you're excited about this team for this coming season, you should probably be really excited for Jeff given maybe how close now that opportunity is for him. Everybody has individual goals, right? Mm-hmm. That is like, oh, I wish I have a point a game or I want 20 goals or I want 10 goals or I want to be a plus player or I want 20 wins as a goalie or 30 wins as a goalie or whatnot. But there's also team goals that are individualized because certain players show up on different teams. Yep. I remember getting to Philadelphia and be like, well, I know the Flyers have played in the playoffs. I know the Flyers, some of the guys have won a Calder Cup. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys have had success in the playoffs, gone to conference. I want to I want to get to the playoffs as a number one goaltender. I want to play playoff games. That was a, an, an individualized team goal. Not everybody in the team has that same goal, but I think for Jeff Skinner, it's the same thing. He's probably looking at, I want an individualized team goal, and making the playoffs is that. And again, when you brought up that he is the star and there's probably an Emmy or some kind of award, he, again, like he's quick to point out people that are around him that help him. That mm-hmm. he pointed out to Cole Burkholder, and it was <laughs> like immediately. he's the he's the star. Cole Burkholder, our travel coordinator with the Sabers, he's the star. He's the guy that splashed. Uh, what is it called? Uh, distilled um, smart water. Yeah. Anyway, he splashed the smart water in his face and the whole thing. So yeah, he gets yelled at a lot in those. <laughs> okay, so the group is familiar, but has technically changed in the last uh, 24 hours because they've added another defenseman. He's a familiar name, Kale Clegg. Oh yeah. And he's back. So depending on where you want to slot Clegg, you either have 10 defensemen with the Sabers right now, or you have nine with Buffalo and nine with Rochester. Yes. So it's uh, it's getting crowded, and it does prompt the question, what's next as far as reorganizing the defense chairs here with this team? You've got Darlene Samuelson, Power and Clifton, Eric Johnson and Yoki Haru, Bryson and Labushkin, Riley Stillman, and Kale Clegg. Now, Clegg technically is on the same type of contract that Jeremy Davies and Joe Ciccone are down in Rochester right now. Um, it's actually a big ticket for Clegg. He's... He's poised to make 475 in the AHL if he ends up down there, which would be the highest um, among the two-way contracts yes. that are down there. So you're looking at an Amherst defense that could have Ryan Johnson and Ethan Prow, the return pairing that we saw all through the past year in the playoffs, Davies and Ciccone, newcomer in Novikov, green but now playoff-experienced Zach Metza, mm-hmm. Chris Jandrick, Kale Clegg, and, you know, recently signed out of junior, uh, Nicholas Savoie, right? Yes, uh, is, they just signed him yeah. last week. So, yeah, this is, how do you, how do you look at this? This is, this is a lot. Well, no disrespect to Kel Clegg, but I can't foresee any scenario right now that would be a good one with him starting the season in Buffalo. By the way, 
The Sabres used 11 defensemen last year. Yes. Clegg played the seventh most. Okay. Well, that is a reason why you need depth. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to secure depth, players that know the organization, that are, look, on a two-way deal, as you just pointed out, the easy decision is obviously to think that Kale Clegg is bound for Rochester if everybody's healthy. There's a logjam. There's a huge logjam when it comes to defense with this organization. You, you mentioned Darlene Samuelson, Power Clifton. I think that's your top four. Okay. Now, could there be a little flexibility in there? Henry Yokiaru is going to want to say something about that. Say, hey, I was Power's partner, and I played a lot with uh, in the top four the last few years. I want to be in that conversation. Labushkin, Eric Johnson, you got Bryson Stillman. Like, there is a lot of bodies. They're not all nine going to start in Buffalo. It's impossible. So you go with process of elimination. You would think, well, maybe that Stillman would be the first one to just be either center Rochester or Bryson because the other seven would be the, the, the most experienced one on the group when you put your depth chart. Um, but again, that's, when I say if Kel Clegg starts the year in Buffalo, it's not a good situation. It's no disrespect to Kel Clegg. It's more like that means there's injuries. That means that all of a sudden there's there's doors that have been open mm-hmm. or that you've made a couple of transactions and there is more of an option or an opportunity for a player like Kel Clegg. But I just don't foresee any transactions happening now until probably September. Okay. And then it may be one at the end of training camp that you're like, okay, well, we got to make a decision on Bryson. Well, maybe we got to send Bryson to Rochester to start the year and see where it goes. Well, he may be snagged on waivers, right? That's just the reality of it also. Um, a lot of bodies, a lot of bodies. And there's 32 teams now, and it feels like teams all have three goalies, nine defensemen, 17 forwards. Mm-hmm. Like there's more talent to be had across the NHL. Bryson, of course, makes 1.85 in the final year of his deal. Yes. Stillman at 1.35. And both of those players, if they were going through waivers and ending up in Rochester, would have their full salary uh, at that number down in the AHL, which is less and than ideal. And also it would be, um, if it's a 1.8 for Bryson, mm-hmm. that would probably be about an $800,000 uh, $800, cap hit on the Buffalo Sabres. Right. Because you get a minus a million bucks. Right. And they're obviously not super concerned about that yet, but, I mean, these are still numbers that need to pour in. What will Darlene's extension be? And, you know, um, even at what is currently the Rochester level, like what are the deals going to be for Weisbach and Murray, right? And what opportunities will they have? But if we are talking in the office this morning just about, let's say, the top six. If you didn't know anything, which is easy for me to do, if you didn't know anything and just penciled in your starting six right now, who's the starting six on opening night? It's a tough question. It's a really tough question. I gave you my top four. I think it's Power, um, Clifton, Samuelson, Dallin, right? Uh-huh. And no, I think it's Dallin, Samuelson, Power, Clifton, but whatever. That is your top four. I do believe that Lubushkin has a value to the top six in that role, in a 5-6 role. Uh-huh. Now, who do you like better in that role? Is it newcomer Eric Johnson that you say, hey, we got to put him in. We signed him. And no, we've got to put him in. Or is it Henry Yokiaru that has been around for a while? Mm-hmm. That's where the conversation and the decision comes to make. I believe 
that the Sabres would want to start the season with some added veteran players, added leadership, especially on the back end, if you want to insulate and maybe help uh, Devin Levi or Uko Pekalukin a little bit more. So I would think your your top six would be Dallin, Samuelson, Power, Clifton, Johnson, Labushkin. That's who I would see as my top six. It's pretty tough for a guy who played a lot in Yoki Haru, right? It's really tough, but I'm I'm obviously So are you moving Yoki Haru before that instead of reducing his value? I think there's there's a chance of that, okay. depending on what happens around the league, who's mm-hmm. looking for defensemen. Wouldn't he have the most value? He would have the most value out of the group. Right. right. I, obviously, I, I wouldn't I – wouldn't, you just got Eric Johnson, so you're not making any moves there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Labushkin last year, mm-hmm. and I think that, again, Labushkin used in a third pair um, in a role that will suit him. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Labushkin – really growing last year I thought in my opinion in a better role so um, you're not thinking of moving them so that that one guy out is Yoki Aryu and he's the one with the most value yes is there a scenario where you would keep those seven including Yoki Haru? and then are you still of the belief that they would carry eight I'm of the belief that they will have a decision to make depending yeah. on the injury situation uh, but carrying eight, it depends if they carry three goalies or not. It's true. I know if you carry three goalies, you can't carry eight defensemen because you don't have any extra forwards. Mm-hmm. And you're putting yourself in a really tough place to always have to play the yo-yo game of calling somebody up from Rochester. Where are they? Are they in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton? Are they like somewhere where it's going to be hard to get them to you? Um, so if you don't carry three goalies, I see you go ahead and you carry eight defensemen and 13 forwards. But if you have three goalies, you cannot carry eight defensemen. I have a tough time thinking that this is going to wait, that this is not going to be addressed before camp. I, I think I would agree with it if you firmly believed Yoki Haru was in your top six and you weren't planning to move off of that. Yes. But I think it's very hard to tell right now. It's, it's really hard to tell. But then with, we get we look around the league. Well, that's the thing. Like, even I mean, a guy like Travis Hamannick, who just resigned with Ottawa. Two years, right? Two years, but he's probably, okay, I'm a free agent. I'm going to look around. Uh-huh. And then he circles back to Ottawa and okay, I'll sign with you. He signed a two-year deal at $1.1 million a year. Right. Travis Hamannick we're talking about. Uh-huh. Like, that, to me, is lot, under market value by a, a lot. A lot lower the market than what he is used not, to make. Yeah, the and market then, is not there for right now for those those defensemen that are looking for a spot well and the challenge in all of this is often are we too critical of the defensemen we see most often or do we have a habit of building them up too high by league standards right like, Henry's a first-round pick. Henry played over 21 minutes a night last year. Mm-hmm. The team missed the playoffs by a point. And, by the way, they had three other young defensemen playing over 20 minutes and Darlene Samuelson and Power. Yes. So you could look at it a couple of ways as opposed to it just being individually specific in his game. The whole group fared pretty well to a certain extent. I get it. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the league. But there's an element of the game that also is moving the puck up the ice so people can have success at the other end, of which Buffalo was one of the best. So 
But just as an example, Florida went to the Cup. They've just added Nico Mikola, Oliver ekman Larson, Mike Riley, Dmitry Kulikov. We could sit here and debate all day long, like, where Yoki Haru fits in. Like, would Florida have been better off making a deal to get Yoki Haru as a better defenseman on a good team than some of those names I just mentioned? I think Yoki Haru is better than a lot of those guys you mentioned. But at the same time, is do you feel that you can get any of those guys? Number one, like, Yoki Haru is making $2.5 million. Yeah. So could you get any of those players at a million, a million five, so you get a million a million dollar like right. you know, like the difference. Rileys and Kulikovs of the world come in at and yeah. what do you have to give to get Yoki Ari? Right. The Sabres are not gonna what? just wanna part ways and just give exactly. an asset like Yoki Ari, but right. is the market suitable right now for a right defenseman? Mm-hmm. Because like it Boston seems to me added, like they were all right shot defensemen available, and yeah. they, they, they all found a spot. Like Boston added Shattenkirk. Yes. Right? All right. Well, he's at the complete opposite end of the spectrum than Yoki Haru, right? But we know, but they went old. They added Lucic. They added JVR. They added Brown. They added, you know, Shattenkirk. So. For me, you have to find a team that is a, a turn for the young younger defenseman with some experience. Yuki mm-hmm. Aryu is still only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of NHL experience, has played mm-hmm. a lot of minutes. Is a Philadelphia, for example, a team that would be looking... They added Mark Stahl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So but they're also allegedly point. not trying to win. Yeah, but <laughs> are you trying to to also build for the future. Yeah. Can you look at a you 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 look at Yoki Aryu and say, is he a better option mm-hmm. than Ivan Provorov that they had before that they traded and maybe even Rasmus Ristolainen to a certain extent and say, hey, in three years down the road, Yoki Aryu would be twenty seven years old, we could rely on him a lot. And he fits the way we play. Right? Is that how Philadelphia's thinking? Is that how Anaheim may be thinking? Or teams like that that are not in the win now, but could be in the win in three years from now when a guy is 26, 27 years old. Uh, man, it's I a think lot. the Sabres would say, Yoki Aryu fits exactly what they want. Right. He's 24, he's got a lot of experience, but there's a big but, or perhaps, uh, but here... Big it, perhaps doesn't sound as fun. No, big but is way better. But you're looking at your decor, and Yoki Aryu, unfortunately got passed by what you were able to draft at number one overall in Owen Power. Mm-hmm. We're able to get in the second round with Matthias Samuelson. We're able to develop in Rasmus Dahlin. We're able to to get on free agency in Connor Clifton. Like you're looking at all these pieces and it actually has made your team better. Not because Yoki has been all of a sudden he's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just you added better pieces and that's the, the way the game goes. Well, the real distardat on this day for me is Olivier Rodrigue, one year, 775 with Edmonton, or Olivia Rodrigo's new single, Vampire, Dissertat. I've not heard of Olivia Rodrigo's uh, new uh, single. I haven't listened to it yet. And, uh, but Olivier Rodrigue, just because he's a goaltender, I'm going with him. I'll go with the, the musically inspired one. Yes, the track is very similar to her last album, but guess what? I loved her last album, so I love Vampire, and it's got some, you know, aggressive language in it. Oh. But in a good way. 
you know, you got to stand up for yourself. So. Well, uh, as I told you, I hope everybody had a really nice Fourth of July. But yesterday, um, cleaning out the basement, getting like organized and whatnot. My kids are playing music, and we're in the last like stretch of the cleaning out the basement. And I said, "Do you guys mind if I play something aggressive to get us going?" And they said, "No." What are you thinking? What did you play, Eminem? No, I played The Offspring. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> it got going, and the, the you know they have some language moments yeah, 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 in there, yeah, 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 and I'm yeah. like, "Let's go!" I got the vacuum going. That yeah. thing was smoking. Did you? <laughs> I'm envisioning somebody now operating the light switch. Turning them off and on, giving you a little light show, little uh, no pyro. No, but strangely, if, on a day where there's more pyro than at any other time. No, but if you remember the movie, there's something about Mary. Yes. And the grandma, when she ends up having the the, the speed melting in her her, her martini or whatnot, and then she's vacuuming. That yep. was kind of like me towards the end. <laughs> I could have lifted a whole couch with one hand and vacuumed underneath it. That that was me with listening to The Offspring. Okay, well, on that note, or not, um, we are going to take a quick time out. We're here at Development Camp at Harbor Center, as you can undoubtedly hear in the background. It is uh, straight on practice and, you know, just ramping up for tomorrow's three-on-three. Doors are going to be opening, was it just after 8.15, I think, is yes. what they said tomorrow? I believe um, So the tournament will begin just after 9 o'clock. Three-on-three has become the traditional component of this development camp. Dan, Razor, and Chris Baker will be on the broadcast. It'll be streamed on Facebook and Sabres.com. And, of course, if you want to be in attendance, it's a non-ticketed event. So that means if you make your way into Harbor Center tomorrow morning, it's first come, first serve. If they run out of spots, well, I suppose you'll maybe just have to go sit canal side and watch it on your phone because it will be streamed. But we have had good crowds throughout the week already just in practice form, and I suspect that uh, it'll be a nice turnout tomorrow for the tournament. How many deep can you go on the top level? Like, you know, know, when you're in juniors and you say it was packed, but there was even five deep standing on the rail? Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder how many deep we can go here. Yeah. Six or seven deep. Good question. I mean, I think capacity is roughly between 1,800 and 2,000 when you you get the standing room. Anyway, uh, looking forward to that, and we will have Noah Oslin joining us a little bit later on in the show today. When we return, we'll dive into, uh, since Marty was doing a little uh, cleanup work, Maybe let's look at the teams right around Buffalo and see what they've been doing to fill out their rosters this offseason and whether there's any noticeable gains among any of them that either missed the playoffs or just snuck into the playoffs. That's next on Sabres Live here on WGR Sports Radio 550.